Welcome to Mind Over Miles, a show about the mental lessons learned and practiced on the run. In season one, I'm taking you behind the scenes of the book I'm writing about the mental side of running and motherhood. I'm sharing the interviews I've done for the book with professional, elite, and regular runners who are also mothers. Thank you to all my interviewees, and thanks to you for listening. I hope you enjoyed today's conversation. Today, I'm talking with Aaron Azar, who is either the funniest or the wisest runner on TikTok, or maybe both. She describes herself as an expert struggle runner and struggle lifer. She makes the struggle parts of running hilarious, and in talking with her, I realized she is also like a running Buddha because her humor encompasses the lessons I need to hear every day. Go check her out on Instagram or TikTok at I'm Mrs. Space Cadet. Drop me into your day. What does your day look like so far? So far today? Yeah. Okay. Well, (laughs) it's been a little hectic. I feel like with the pandemic, everything changes at the drop of a hat. So what schedule I thought I was going to have today now is completely rearranged. And my husband and I were spending like frantically spending time like, okay, if you get, um, this one to school, then I can drop these two at my mom's while I go do this. And then, you know, picking up this one at, you know, the one has a a doctor checkup. And so our plans went out the window. We had to (laughs) reevaluate and get in what we could. So yeah, it was just a lot of, you know, packing lunches and making breakfasts and getting clothes on, you know, my kids are little, so it's still they still need some help with um, clothing selection, <laughs> finding <Yep. laughs> shoes, lots of finding shoes in our house. Um, yeah. And just whisking everyone out the door and going on our way. So a little chaotic. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Yep. Well, that's, uh, I want to know what the day really looked like. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, so for you, I was, you know, heard other interviews you've done and you've talked about you, I think you did one half marathon before kids hated it never Mm -hmm. like, I'm never going to run again. Mm -hmm. And then it was after your third child that you started running in earnest. Is that right? Yes. I think the difference there was just my, mainly my mental space. So after my third baby, it was, even though I hated running every time that I tried it, um, it was like this desperation. I feel like of, I need to do something right now because I feel overwhelmed I'm exhausted. I feel isolated. Um, you know, all those postpartum hormones are flooding your body like crazy. And so that's really what pushed me out the door of, I don't even care if I hate this and my sneakers have holes in them. I'm just going to go and see what happens. And something told me to film it because I Mm -hmm. thought, well, maybe if I film it and I look back at it, I'll be like, Oh, see, I was a little happier at the end or something. Um, that of course led into yeah. going viral on TikTok with that same content, which was crazy. Yeah. Had you, is that something that you had kind of done in other areas of your life of like recording things or was that, it was just as new as running? Uh, it wasn't as new as running because at the time I, I'd say for a few years, I would kind of um, film my day and I would edit it into a funny version of it. So that it helped me to laugh at it. And I would send it to my friends or my mom and be like, oh, look what so-and-so did today. Or look what happened. You know, my car broke down on 
uh, my daughter's first day of kindergarten. Um, these are, <laughs> that's a true story. So <laughs> I would just kind of things that were really horrible. I would be filming them. And then as I'm editing, I could laugh at it and, and kind of like put a nice bow on it and yeah. be like, all right, well, that sucked, but it was really funny looking yeah. back on it. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, do you feel like running has changed kind of your mindset or any part of parenting for you? I feel like it has because I mean, there's always, there's that really common experience of going out for a run and you're really stressed. Maybe you're like short with the kids or something like that. And you get back from the run and you feel relaxed. You're ready to play you, you know, you're calmer. So there's that benefit for sure. But also I feel like I'm a better example because I'm showing the kids, Hey, I'm consistently sticking with this, even though some days are really hard or I don't want to do it. Um, or it's snowing or raining. Um, just them seeing me keep going and then reach goals that I have is, is really important to me. Yeah. Yeah. And how do you talk about your running with them? Like, for example, with your marathons, like how have you talked about that to them? Uh, well, I, they don't really, they're not that curious. They just want to know if I won the race, which I always say, yes, I won the race. <laughs> Cause to awesome. me, I'm like, Hey, if I finish that thing, I won. Yes. Um, so they don't really get that concept yet. Um, yeah. um, it's really hard to win a running race, you yep. know? Um, so I just say, yep, I won. And look, I have a medal and they get very that. excited. Yeah. <laughs> That's, I'm going to start doing that when people ask me if I win my races. Yeah. Just say, yeah, I did actually. (laughs) (laughs) Um, well with, um, talking about consistency that no matter what they see you out there, I had wanted to ask you about, um, I've heard you talk about like people ask you all the time, you know, how do you stay motivated? And you're like, I don't, I just Mm -hmm. make it non-negotiable. And I, I coach runners individually and I see this with everyone and I'll see with myself too, of like, you have this feeling that you should be motivated, but that's not what it's really going to look like. Um, how did you kind of come to realize like, oh, I can't just wait to be motivated to make this happen. I think because in my life, everything that I started ever, I quit every, everything. Mm -hmm. And that started to really drive me crazy because I'm like, what example am I setting for my kids? What example am I setting for myself? Like the expectation was just then, okay, it's okay to quit everything. And I didn't want to be like that. So I think I just had to give myself some tough love and be like, get over yourself. This is really good for you mentally and physically. And if you don't do it, you're going to feel like crap. If you do do it, you're going to feel amazing afterward. So it's just that benefit just knowing the benefits of staying consistent and that feeling that you're going to get afterward. I focus on that instead of how much pain I'm going to be in on this run or how cold my feet are going to be. Cause it's ice or snowing, you know, yeah. I just ignore that, push myself out. And, um, I always obviously am thankful afterward that I did it, but it's so easy, especially when you're training long-term, like for me, when I trained for my first marathon, I gave myself a year. And 
that's a long time to stick with something. So you're going to have really low lows in there. But whenever I come out of those, I've learned so much about myself that I'm like, it's almost addicting. Like that's why I signed up for another marathon Mm. to go through that whole process again. Yeah. Um, can you tell me more about, um, that the experience of like going through a really low, low and like what it was like in it? Mm -hmm. Yeah. For me, a really low, low, um, I could think of many, but, (laughs) uh, I remember it was a summer. It was probably the first summer after I started running and it was really hot. I had a horrible run and I thought I kept thinking like I was in this negative feedback loop of you can't even run 10 miles. How are you going to run 26.2? You have all these people watching you. You're going to let everyone down. You're not going to be able to finish. And then every run after that, I would feel the same way. I'm like, well, you couldn't even run 10. So now you have to run 12. And so that was a really low point. I felt um, also like an imposter showing myself running. And luckily I did always show myself like, okay, I'm walking or I feel dizzy. I don't, this is horrible. Um, I was very honest, which I'm glad that I, you know, stuck with that. But I think eventually I just had to come up with, um, I don't know what it's called, but like a mindset kind of trick or like tips for myself. Yeah. Um, cause it was hard for me to relate to like a running coach telling me it's okay, push through it or someone on social media that's been running their whole life. So I couldn't really take those tidbits from them. I feel like now I can, because I've been through a a lot of things, ups and downs in the past two years. But at that time it was, I was like, no, it's has to come from within. You have to figure this out. So I came up with like the bat, my bad run bag and um, so after a a quote unquote bad run, I know some people don't like to even say bad run. (laughs) But um, I just say it and I take that run. I put it in my bad run bag. And then in the future, I just forget about it. I don't let it bring me down. I move on to the next run because it's totally new. But in the future, if I am struggling, I'll go back to my bad run bag and I'll pick one out like, oh, remember that really hot day and you were dehydrated and you couldn't make it up that hill. You felt like crap, but you eventually got through it. And that next run was so good. Like, so I'll tell myself like, it's okay. And I use those, that bad run bag to help me push through another one. Yeah. 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 I love that. Um, have you had other, um, kind of like, uh, like you said, you know, mindset, mindset tricks or things like that, um, that you kind of, that you find yourself keep coming back to. Definitely the every single run in the summer, because I really struggle in the summer. I sweat so much. I can't keep up with my hydration. I'm like sipping liquid IV nonstop to the point where people are like, how do you drink that much? But it's I don't even have to pee because it's just <laughs> I'm, I'm sweating that much. I'm barely replacing it. And so I feel like when I head out on those runs that I know are going to be difficult, I tell myself, kind of like I said before, focus on the after feeling. Don't Mm -hmm. don't dwell on, oh, this is going to be hard or, you know, you're you're going to struggle a lot. You're probably not going to finish. Like just focus. Picture myself cool on the cool down walk back to the house, you know, 
getting a nice shower, hydrating, eating something like I envision that in my head. And that kind of like calms me down. And I push for that because it's such a good feeling. Yeah. Yeah. Um, awesome. When let's see, I wanted to go back to when you had said, you know, you've, you've, you had found yourself quitting a lot of things before. What were some things that you had started in the past and then quit? Oh my gosh. Okay. Well, I could start back to even as a kid, like I was in Girl Scouts for maybe a couple of weeks. Um, I tried knitting, quit that any type of hobby, um, running. I, I would try like once a bunch of times I would go for one run, like, up. Oh, I can't do it. It's not for me. So I quit that. Um, geez, there's just so many, honestly. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm, I'm one of those people that'll go like really gung ho into a hobby, uh, yeah. for like a week. And then I'm like, Oh, this is overwhelming. I don't want to do it. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I quit uh, field hockey. I quit soccer. I quit dance. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think that's, um, I can relate to that of like getting really into something and then feeling like, Oh my God, like, can I sustain this? Or, you know, mm-hmm. is this more than I thought it would be? Um, do you, I know you talked about, you know, there was this sense of kind of desperation that got you into running, looking back on it. Um, are you able to see like, what was different this time? Um, yeah, definitely. Well, yeah, like I said, the desperation feeling of like, just try it. Cause something will be good. But I think this time I was more focused on the mental benefits. Whereas Mm. before I was focused on the physical. So I would be like into losing some weight or, um, toning up my muscles or something like that. It was always like a physical thing. And when I really did some self-reflection, I realized that wasn't as important to me as I thought it was how I looked. It wasn't that big of a deal to where I would do something I didn't really enjoy, which was running. So it was easy for me to quit then. Whereas now this mental benefit that I get from it is what I'm like clinging on to that, you know, especially during these crazy times, it's like, I need that. And I can't see myself ever not needing it. It's um, so I just, I think that's what keeps me going. And that's, what's different than the other times that I tried it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's, that is the beautiful part about running. Yeah. Yeah. Um, with the idea of, you know, not needing to be motivated to do something, you just kind of make it non-negotiable in your life. Do you see that play out in any part of parenting? Oh yeah. Um, cause there's so many things about parenting that you can't control. So <laughs> like all the phases that they go through and, you know, now that I'm on my third, it's, it's so predictable, but that doesn't make them easier. So mm-hmm. as, as joyful as parenting can be, it's hard in some, you know, in some ways. And so I feel like when I'm in that rough patch with one of them or all three of them at once, sometimes that happens. I just, it's almost like a marathon. Like this really sucks right now, 
Yeah. But I know like when they are out of this phase, it's going to be blissful because they will, you know, they're going to learn new skills or if they're, you know, a baby, they're going to be talking a bunch like those explosions that happen. So it's kind of like put your head down, get through it. And that type of grit, I feel like I've learned in both parenting and running. So I feel like that's like they kind of complement each other, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Can you think of uh, what, like a time when all three of them were going through a really challenging phase? Like what was well, each of yeah. those phases? I, yeah. I, well, I think it was when I started running. So I had a newborn. I had um, my two-year-old was now a middle child and was resentful. Although he was very like interested in the baby and stuff like that he was regressing in other areas and kind of getting more clingy and um, upset more easily. And then the oldest, she was going into kindergarten, which is a whole change in life, you know, that they, it's like their first, I forget. I've, I heard it be called something like adolescence, like their first um, life change or something. And it's almost like, you see a lot of old parts about yourself kind of like die away. And that's really hard for a kid, which mm-hmm. is why you see like that transition be so difficult. So yeah, I, that was like one of the hardest moments. I think that's what really pushed me. Like I got to do something. Cause if I'm just like in this negative space and then my kids are all feeling that because I'm overwhelmed, like <laughs> that's not helping anybody. So yeah. I think that's why I just like went out and did it. Yeah. At the time, did you have other things in your life that were like, you know, off like purely for you? No, I, you know, I would always hear. um, So at the time I was actually working in the medical device industry from home. This was even like before everyone had to do that. But (laughs) (laughs) Um, so I didn't have maternity leave because I was like, um, contract employee basically for this company. So right for, I had a, actually had a C-section with my third and that was my first C-section. And so I'm recovering from that and I was working like two days later. So that was a lot of stress. Um, I was doing nothing for myself in terms of self-care. Like everyone would say, Oh, you just need self-care, like take a bubble bath. I'm like, I hate bubble baths. They feel disgusting to me. I don't want to sit in my own filth or like this tub that has kid toys everywhere, you know, or get your nails done or get your hair done. I'm like, I don't like any of that. And that's all like whenever I would hear self-care, that's those were examples like light candles. Yeah. And once I started running, I'm like, this is self-care. Yeah, completely. Like let's redefine self-care for new moms, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I think, yeah, it's been, uh, you know, a powerful theme coming up in lots of people I've talked to of, um, you know, you, for some people will talk about, I feel like I run, some people see it like, oh, I'm running for my kids. I want them to be proud of me. And other people see it like I run for me and me alone. And like that, that, feels good. And that is the point of it. Yeah. Totally. I, I see both sides of that, but for sure. Um, especially for me, it was like complete self-care. Like I 
don't feel guilty. I, there were times that I felt that mom guilt leaving for a run. But in the beginning, I was like, I have to get out. I love you guys, but mom's not doing that great. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, and, you know, also kind of uh, like the other mental trick you talked about of this idea of a bad run bag. Um, do you use anything similar in parenting, either just inside your own head or like something with your kids that you talk about with them? Oh yeah. That's a good question. I think for, for me and my own head, I would say, um, so let's let, for example, you know, my, uh, seven-year-old, I remember her going through this really rough patch at like four or five years old where you could talk to her and you could reason with her, but everything was an explosion. And it was really, really rough. But I remember vividly when she came out of that, even though it lasted honestly like a year. But when she came out of that, I was like, you are an amazing, fun kid. Like, yeah, you were just screaming at everything, you know, which felt like yesterday. And now this is a blast. So when my son is now going through that, my five year old, <laughs> I know like, Hey, there's light at the end of the tunnel and it's going to be amazing. Um, and it might take a while, but I feel like that's, you know, when my oldest went through it, I'm like, put that away for later. Cause you will need to reflect on this. And when it was gone, I'm like, not even going to get down about it. That, that whole thing happened. Like that's just life and that's how it's going to go. And I need to prepare myself for next time. And here I am thankful that I, you know, reflected on it and put it away to think about later, because now I know, like I can reassure myself, it's going to be fine. You got through it before everyone's great. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. When you are in that kind of phase, um, do you find that you try to do a lot of active problem solving? Like, okay, what could be going on? What could I do differently? What could they do differently? Like, trying to figure out strategies or are you more of like a, there's not like, this is just a phase. We'll get through it. Like there's nothing we need to actively do or, or maybe some other, yeah. How do you Mm -hmm. approach those, those times? I definitely try and be proactive. So I'll, there'll be a behavior shift and I'm like, all right, well then we need to shift to, you know, cause I know it's temporary, but we need to make it, you know, easier to deal with at the time. So I'll know, I'll start to learn like certain triggers. Like, I know this is going to set this kid off. Um, So yeah, we'll definitely like reassess and change things just to make that phase easier. It's still going to be hard, but hey, at least we have these things we know will work a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like in the moment you're actively working on strategies and you have in the back of your mind, like, it will be over. It will be. Over. Yes. Yeah. 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 <laughs> totally. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then, you know, I'm curious to hear about how you feel like you bring humor into parenting. Yeah. I love, that's my best parenting strategy. Honestly. Um, I feel like I don't cover a lot of it on my social media just because I'm a little hesitant to like show the kids on my videos and things like that. But, um, I think the way that I bring humor into it is really talking to a, my husband, 
and B, my mom, because those are the two people that know the kids the best. Mm -hmm. And so saying um, something that happened that day and then being able to just laugh at it with another human being, um, Mm -hmm. with another adult is very therapeutic to me. Um, Or now my seven-year-old is actually starting to say legit funny things, not like (laughs) poo poo pee pee or like, you know, laughing at potty humor, which I, I, it's hard for me not to laugh at, but I try and stay stoic, you know, (laughs) when there's like farts and stuff going on. But, um, yeah, so she'll start to get these zingers and I am like, you are funny. Yeah. (laughs) You know? And so that's really cool. So I can just like openly have a laugh with her and Mm -hmm. that's been amazing. Yeah, that is. Yeah, that seems like a really exciting phase to get to in parenting. Right. I there was just like a couple weeks ago. Um, there was I I had diaper cream in um the two year old's room in this drawer like tucked away. I'm like she's not gonna find that. Well, she did, and I saw her on the baby monitor putting um the diaper cream like on her face like war paint. <sighs> And I was so, of course, I like darted up there, but I was dying laughing because she was so serious. And she's just like this, like she's going to battle, you know, with this <laughs> war paint of diaper cream. I'm like, this is hilarious. Yes. And it's easy to get like in a, a tizzy about it. Like, oh, my God, how did you get that? You know, and kind of like and that's not going to make them feel any better. Um, yeah. She didn't know that she shouldn't put diaper cream on her face. Um, or that even she didn't even know it was diaper cream. So yeah. <laughs> I can't get mad, you know, but it does help to laugh. It like breaks it up a bit. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, um, I used to teach first and second grade and it was my first teaching job and I was very ill-equipped and it was very stressful for me. <laughs> I can imagine. And I remember there are so many things that I would think to myself, like, should I laugh at this or should I get mad at them? And at the time I usually got mad because I didn't know how to deal with things. And I look back and I'm like, oh, that stuff was so funny that they did. I should, like, yeah. <laughs> I should have just laughed and just like, you know, thrown discipline to the wind. It didn't matter. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I know it is. It is really interesting. I don't think I could teach kindergarten or first grade. In fact, the thing that um, made me realize I didn't want to be a teacher was seeing, I would have to go to my mom's kinder. She's a kindergarten teacher retired Mm -hmm. now, but, um, I would walk down after my school was over to her school and I would have to help at the end of the day. And I was like, and she was one of the best teachers. Like people still uh, remember her, but the kids like just I can't tie my shoe. He's talking to me. I, and it's all at once. I am like yeah. immediately. No, I, I am never teaching. So yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's, I would not, I always was like, I can never do kindergarten, but it, yeah. First grade. I'm like, mm, don't think I could go back to that. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's hard. It's overwhelming. Yeah. Um, yeah. All right. Well, a question I've uh, been asking people is what's a challenge that you're in the middle of right now? And this could be in parenting. It could be in running. It could be in another part of life. Um, And I ask this so that I can try to have, you know, I don't want the book to be just like all problems are tied up in a bow and you figure them out. um, But to find moments where people are in the middle of something and they haven't yet like gotten to the other side of it. Oh, well, an easy one for me to think of is um, potty training. 
mm-hmm. which, oh my gosh, like, so this is our last baby and I've obviously went through it twice before, but every kid's so different. So it's like, you've never done it before. And I am like, how, how am I going to handle this? Like she just takes the potty apart and we'll put all the pieces all over the room. And I mean, wants nothing to, to do with it. And, um, I don't know if that's a good example, but that's something like right now that, that, I don't know how to handle it. So I've just been putting it off, which yeah. isn't great either. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, that's, you know, that's what I want to hear. Something that you're like, I don't know if this is the right thing that I'm doing, but <laughs> yeah. <we're at." laughs> yeah. Um, and that's interesting to hear. Like there is so much, you know, it sounds like there is a lot that you learn by parenting multiple children, but at the end of the day, it's also your, um, I think I heard that yeah, the expression, you're always a first time parent. Yeah. Oh, yeah. totally. I've never heard that, but that is so true. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I feel like that's an interesting, interesting concept to think about in anything like, oh, am I, you're always a first time runner. Like every run is fresh or you're always a first time, like whatever you do for work. Um, yeah. Cause yeah. situations can always change. Yeah. So it makes it new. Yeah. That's really interesting. Yeah. For you, what, um, it sounds like, yeah. What inspires or drives you in your running? It sounds like the mental benefit is a lot of it. Um, but you know, when you think about when you're out there on a hard run or maybe in a hard race, um, what is inspiring to you to keep going? I think at this point where I'm at now, my past progress, like my progress up until now, is really inspiring because I'm like, I think back, I vividly remember the first day that I ran and what my mindset was like and how defeated I was. And I couldn't run a mile. And to see myself finishing the New York city marathon, I'm like, what the heck? Um, that's amazing. And so I, I tend to, if I'm having a rough patch, really just focus on like, Hey, look where you came from and look what you're doing now. Um, so that I feel like gives me that, um, drive to do even more. Um, and also, um, looking to people that I don't know, I can't relate to, but I can relate to at the same time. So I hope I don't get her name wrong, but, um, Kira DeMatteo, is that how you say her name? Oh, she just Kira broke- D'Amato. Kira D'Amato. I yeah. D'Amato, I, I think, but I'm not okay. positive either. That sounds right. D'Amato. She just broke the, um, marathon American marathon record for women. And I was reading about her and she has a full-time job as a nurse. She has kids. She's Mm -hmm. 37. I'm like, Holy moly. Like I'm here thinking, Oh, you know, my, I might get, you know, injured more easily because I'm getting older. It's like, she just broke the freaking record. Like, yeah, and she, she's not, you know, a paid athlete. She's, she has a job. And so I feel like I'll look sometimes to people like that, um, other moms or other women in their like late thirties that are doing things like that. Um, I find those like really inspiring and motivating. Yeah. 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 It's really cool to see 
how like wrong we've been about age in running, Mm -hmm. realizing more and more how runners are like, you know, running way past what people thought was, you know, quote their prime. Yeah. Yeah. It's really, um, reassuring. I feel like. Yeah. Yeah. And seeing that you, um, can benefit from being so multi-passionate that, you know, I think the, the idea of a pro runner used to be very like, they're like a monk in a cave and like all they right. do is run and think about running. And now you see so many more pro runners who also have like a full-time job or some side business or something. And I feel like, yeah, that's, I find that encouraging. Cause I'm, I think someone who always has many interests at once. Right. Right. Yeah. I, I love that aspect of it. And I have no desire to ever obviously be a pro runner or competitive at all, but, um, just to know like people exist like that and they're doing hard things like they're it's not easy for them they're some athletes of course are being paid to just eat healthy and exercise and win races which is not easy in itself but there's other people that are doing all that while they still have you know their full-time job and they have kids and um which changes your body a lot so there's that whole thing I feel like for so long it was um, this mindset that I personally had, and I don't know if a lot of other people think, but, um, oh, well I had kids, so, um, I'll never be able to run that well because Mm -hmm. it changed my Mm -hmm. body and, you know, now I'm older or something like that. So I feel like I'll kind of selectively search for people, um, and really kind of latch onto their stories, especially if it proves me wrong, like Kira. (laughs) Yeah. So yeah, I, I love, um, stuff like that. I've really, I've tried to follow more, um, runners. Like when I first started, I was so intimidated. Like it didn't help me at all to follow people like that. Cause I'm like, yeah, this is so unrelatable. And it's making me feel bad about myself. Yeah. Um, but now I'm like starting to actually get super interested in the sport itself and, um, have been following like the stories of, um, different women in, um, like long distance running, but now also, um, some track people, which is kind of fun. Yeah. Yeah. That's cool to see interest developing. Um, and also helpful to realize like, Oh, at the beginning of running, you know, that that's powerful that you realize certain influences were going to be inspiring and others were just not going to be relatable or helpful. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I needed to, I feel like protect myself because, I felt, I already felt super isolated. Once I started posting on TikTok and Instagram and gaining an audience that also felt like me and also had trouble and, um, that kind of helped that isolation feeling. Cause I'm like, all right, I'm not the only one. This is going somewhere. We can do this, you know? Yeah. And what's crazy is those people that started following me a couple of years ago, were not running and, or maybe they just started and they were having a hard time they are now running half marathons and marathons. Yeah. Like it's so crazy to me. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think, you know, a lot of the power there is, I think like recognizing like this is really hard and like, that's okay. Just because it's hard doesn't mean that you shouldn't be doing it or you're not cut out for it. And I feel like Mm -hmm. that is a very refreshing reminder to have when you're in the thick of like beginning at something and it's so hard. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. That's great. Um, let's see, what have you found to be, um, some of the most challenging parts of parenting for you? 
Um, I think feeling sometimes like I handled something wrong maybe, or, um, yeah, I'm trying to think of examples. I feel like, um, a lot of times as parents, we can feel like failures, um, more mm. than successes. Cause we, you know, we're so critical on ourselves. We want our kids to like have a better life than we did, or, you know, have empathy and care about people. And it's like, um, so I, yeah, I feel like that's the hardest part is just feeling like you're not doing enough, mm-hmm. even though in reality they're happy and healthy and safe and that that's enough. Yeah. Um, but yeah, just like the constant questioning of like, is this a right decision or should mm-hmm. I do more of this? Or, um, yeah, if you don't, if like I would go through phases where, when with my first, like, oh, she's not talking at the right time. Is it because I didn't read enough of those books to her? Yeah. You know? And so there's just a lot of, and I think that also comes from a lot of like mom shaming um, yeah. online and things like that. So that puts these doubts in your head, which is horrible. Um, I feel like I'm over that now, mainly because I, I don't know if it's just because I have three kids or I've grown a thick skin from being on social media, but Um, It doesn't bother me as much as it used to, but I feel like that was really hard for me. Yeah. Yeah. There is, there's always a balance of like, yes, as a parent, you have influence on your kid. And also like, there are a lot of things you don't control about them. So like there, and even the things you do control, like there should, you know, why should you have to feel shame around a choice you made or a time that you yelled at them or something like yeah. Those are things that can be repaired. And, uh, yeah. Do you have, um, kind of like, you know, when you find yourself in a moment of questioning yourself or I know this doesn't happen as much anymore, but questioning yourself or regretting something, um, like what helps you get past that and remember like, Oh no, I am a good person and a good mom. <laughs> yeah. I think, I think it helps me to look um, kind of like zoom out and look at the mm. bigger picture of who the kid is and who I am and our overall relationship. Because if you are under a microscope and you're looking at this one thing that you said that one time and, you know, or, um, oh, you didn't let them do this and you should have let them, that's going to just be this negative, you know, loop in your head. Whereas if you just yeah. zoom out And you realize, oh my gosh, like we have such a loving, fun household. And like, um, this kid is really good at this and we do this really well together. I think that's kind of what grounds me. And I'm like, all right, we're doing okay. Like, (laughs) yeah, you know, cool it down a little bit. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, I love that. Yeah. That seems like a really helpful way to get through a moment where, yeah, I'm thinking of like times that I'm very critical of myself. Like, mm-hmm. oh, I have, I have taken more actions in life than this one. I'm really <laughs> overthinking. <laughs> right, right, right. Yeah. You just have to like come back to reality on that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Let's see. Are there any other things we haven't talked about that you had in mind on the topic of running and motherhood? Um, not anything specific. I had a thought when I was coming here, actually, that running and motherhood, like the different ways that they align. And one of them is, um, juggling 
um, you know, like the mental load of parenting. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, so I feel like that's really difficult, but we, we learn to be, to handle it really well. And so when I started running a little bit longer distance, you also have that mental load of, oh, it's been 45 minutes. I need fuel or, okay, yeah. wait, how, how much hydration am I going to need? If I'm going this far, should I drop these at certain point? Like, so it's almost like you have a mental load there as well that you're holding in your head yeah. and planning. And it just kind of reminds me of that in parenthood as well. Yeah. I hadn't thought about that. You're totally right. And there's, cause there's, when you're first starting, there's so many more questions you have and doubts you have. Mm -hmm. And how does this all work? Like, how do you even, you know, drink on a run? Right. Uh, yeah. The most basic yeah. things, just like when you have a baby, you're like, how do I feed it? <laughs> yeah. You know. <laughs> yeah. Is this how you lie them down? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But that, and, that was really it though. Yeah. And you know, I, yeah, for you, do you feel like with, with time, they, they both, most of the, it was just time that made both those things feel better. Or were there any things that you consciously did that helped those, that mental load go down? Um, I think just practice and planning. Um, yeah. I obviously I still feel a mental load, um, with like holding appointments in my head and stuff like that. But I think for me, like asking for help. So um, now I used to try and do it all myself. Now mm. to my husband, I'm like, Hey, we have a shared calendar. So you also know when this kid has an appointment and yes. let's see who can take them. Maybe it can be you, you know? So that helps a lot. Like take that off of my plate, um, some days and, um, yeah, with running, I feel like just, um, learning a lot about myself, like through repeatedly running and okay, this worked, this didn't. And now I kind of have like I know how much I need to drink. I know how much I need to fuel um, and where I can put these things. But that was all really hard to figure out, you know. Thanks for listening to Mind Over Miles. You can learn more about my running and mindset coaching, the book, and everything else at mindovermilespod.com.